0: Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Financial Friday episode of Expansive CEO Podcast. Uh, This is June Recording on June 15th, uh, 2023 for June 16th, 2023 release. And I am here as usual with Brad Haynes, the Chief Investment Officer of Juncture Wealth Strategies, uh, Chartered Financial Analyst, CFA, and Financial Risk Manager, FRM. Brad, thank you for being here. What are we talking about today?
1: Thanks for having us. We are talking about so much, Hannah. It has been a very exciting week. Um, just yesterday, uh, we had the latest Federal Reserve meeting, where the Federal Open Market Committee, those that committee makes um, sets interest rate policy for the United States, and by uh, and, and for much of the world who who happen to tie their their currencies to ours. Um, and so that meeting just took place. They paused interest rates. What does that mean? it means they're not going to increase interest rates but in his commentary with in his press conference right after the chairman of that committee Jerome Powell said well we're pausing but and that but got everybody a little nervous uh yesterday at the t- at the t- at the time he started speaking we were uh the S&P 500 was actually up quite a bit and then during his you know when they hear that but all of a sudden, it starts selling off, and we was down about a percent ap- during his press conference. And then by the end of the day, everybody kind of uh, let the panic subside, and we ended um, break even on the day. So, I want to talk a lot about the Federal Reserve and what what his comments, what Jerome Powell's comments actually mean. Um, but to set the stage, I want to talk about one of the tools the Federal Reserve has is called moral suasion. And that sounds like a very weird term, and it is. But what it means is it's the Federal Open Market Committee members trying to convince investors and households and consumers and businesses to do to act a certain way. And so when Drone Powell comes out and says, but we might be increasing interest rates another two times this year, what does that do? well he's trying to use moral suasion to convince us that hey the cost of funds the cost our interest rates are going up so what does that do that makes business owners start to step back and go okay maybe we should wait on doing that next investment maybe we shouldn't expand right now maybe we need to batten down the hatches a little bit he's talking to the household you know, the, 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 the leaders of those households are saying maybe vacation, we should trim back just a little bit this summer. So that again, so, so what that does is it, it restrains economic activity. What is a restraining of economic activity do? Well, it has a downward pressure on inflation. And so inflation then starts to again, decline at a more rapid clip. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of investors figured out that he was just trying to persuade people to act a certain way. Um, and that's why today we're up pretty strong. The S&P 500, as we're sitting here today, it's about um, you know halfway through the day and we're up about 1% on the S&P 500. The NASDAQ's up, the Dow is crushing it, um, and oil's up about 4%. So- yeah. Again, moral suasion is a less, uh, it's a difficult thing to do because people can kind of see through, um, see through his reasoning and act accordingly, which means invest for a lot of people today.
0: Yeah. So when we were uh, talking about this earlier in the week, what you were saying was that, you know, yes, we paused. That's what they came out. They did not, a pause means they did not raise interest rates again. And remind me um, how many times or for how long, how many months have they been raising interest rates at this point? Do you know?
1: For about 18 months.
0: Okay. So every time they've met, they've gone up and up and up and up for the last 18 months. And so what has been happening in the markets is every single time they've come out with an interest rate hike, the markets have... Done a downdraft pretty much every single time. If we go back and look at the look at the statistics. And so this what we have been waiting to hear, we're gonna pause. We are not raising interest rates this time. And that's what we got yesterday from Jerome Powell. And the little the little asterisk asterisk that you put on it was that, but we may raise interest rates one or two more times through Correct. the year. So that that piece of it there is a reason right why he said that though because the interest rates are tied to inflation or the interest rates are the tool used to control inflation right so to combat it yes yeah so tell tell us what inflation is doing right now
1: so inflation has been declining since June of 2022 it just it reached such a high level that it's taking some time to come back down to earth, so it peaked um, a little under ten percent, a little over nine percent, however you want to look at it, and it has been declining pretty rapidly ever since, or it's been declining pretty consistently ever since. Um, but again, the target range for the Fed or the what they would consider acceptable is in two percent range. So even though you know we're nine to ten percent and we've come down a lot, we're still four to 5% range, depending on the measure you're looking at, and that's still twice the level that they would really like to see um, the inflation rate um, be at, or the level of the inflation rate. So they're still, again, very concerned about inflation, about how that's impacting um, households, how that's impacting the spending of of the lower, uh, of the of the lower economic classes, because that is a very painful, um, event to have happen when, you know, you're working, you're coming along and all of a sudden your bills spike up by 10% a year and your income doesn't spike up by 10% a year. That can be really difficult on a lot of families. So they are, the, the federal, the federal open market committee is very concerned about how that regressive nature of inflation is affecting the families in the United States. Um, and so that's why they're being very, very hawkish um or or combative on on inflation at this point.
0: You just said two terms that I want to um explain just a little bit because I think they're they're really good uh, regressive mm-hmm. being one. And so for people who who maybe hear that term but don't know what that means, what does it mean when something is regressive? When a policy is regressive?
1: it means that the lower economic classes pay the bigger part of it. They pay the, the burden of it, they pay the a higher per, proportion of it. And so for example, um, inflation for te- at 10% or 5% to 10%, um, it may not impact a billionaire the same way as two people that are existing on minimum wage, okay? Um, the billionaire clearly has excess income, excess assets to pay those increased costs. So it's not necessarily as impactful on those individuals. Whereas that household of, you know, kind of living pay to, paycheck to paycheck, when all of a sudden food prices go up by 12% in one year, that is really, really impactful. I mean, where? Wh- what do you do if you don't have savings to draw from? Well, oftentimes- they start to cut back their expenses. And unfortunately that may, they may have to cut back on things that are actually necessary for living. Um, and so that is why it's a regressive in that, per, in that manner.
0: Right. Yeah. So that, that I just, I know people hear that term uh, frequently and I just want to make sure that we, we talk about what that actually means. And when we talk about something being regressive tax policy um, for example, who you know we're talking about who that impacts the most um the other the other demographic that came to mind was seniors living on social security you know that kind of thing anyone with a with a limited income in some some way shape or form and this podcast being mainly for entrepreneurs and business owners we need to know that as well right because when things are affecting the people that who can then pay for your goods or services Like that's that's important for us to,
1: yeah. Well, and a lot of a lot of business owners have been hit twice. Not only have their personal bills gone up, which hopefully they can handle it because hopefully they have excess cash flow being generated out of the business, um, but also their employees. Mm -hmm. You know, their employees are being hit by that, and so they might have requests from their employees. Hey, boss, can I have a Little bit of an income increase. Can I get a bump? Can I get a raise? Just to help offset some of these, some of these higher costs of living, the higher cost of living. And so, you know, business owners are getting hit from two sides. Not only are, you know, the the revenues maybe more struggling from their customers, but also from their employees might be struggling to keep pace with that cost of inflation increase
0: so interesting um, and important, just important to keep the human centered, right? In this conversation, like who are we actually talking about? Um, And I said two things and I completely forgot the second one as you were explaining. So if it comes back to mind, we'll talk about it. Hawkish. That was the other one. Yes. Okay. Yes. What, what does that mean when the Fed is being hawkish? Because we've got hawkish and dovish, right? Those are the two terms. So when people hear that, um, what do those two things mean?
1: So uh, for whatever reason, um, the financial markets like to have different symbols of of events, uh, the bull and bear market. Uh, yeah, we'll talk
0: about that too. <laughs>
1: dovish. Yes, we will. Uh, hawkish versus dovish. So if people think of a hawk, what does a hawk do? Well, it's a predator. It takes things out. You're going to fight. They're going to fight. They're going to be aggressive towards something. Generally, the hawk is aggressive towards a prey or in this case, a dove. Okay. Um, And so what it means when the Federal Reserve is being hawkish is they're being more combative. They're going to be more aggressive in fighting inflation, which means what? They may increase interest rates further. They may shrink their balance sheet at a more rapid rate or at least continue to at the current rapid rate that they're, they're, they're having it draw off. Um, If we say they're dovish, it means eh, they're not necessarily concerned, you know, doves. When you see them walking around, they're pretty, they're pretty content just to find stuff on the ground to eat or to kind of bug you a little bit, but they're really pretty just chilled out until they see a hawk. And so, again, a dovish, you're kind of chilled out. You're not necessarily worried about anything too much. A hawk, you're very, very worried about your next meal. So that is the, those are the terms that we would use um, when describing the Federal Reserve's policies. You know, if they're very, if they're being aggressive towards inflation, it's going to be hawkish. If they're not necessarily concerned about inflation, they're going to be dovish. So those are the two descriptors
0: love that thank you thank you You're for welcome. reminding me of uh, reading my mind uh, what i what i wanted to expand on and it leads perfectly into one of the things we wanted to talk about today which is um it was actually a, a question from one of my clients who said hey i heard we're in officially in bull market territory at this point is that true and you know we talked about that a little you and i talked about that a little bit um this week as well and what does that mean because we've had different parts of the economy increasing at different rates. And so when we talk about, are we back in a bull market? What are we actually asking about? What does that mean? And, you know, yeah, what are bulls and what are bears and why? All good questions. Okay.
1: So let me let me start by um, talking about why we describe them as bull and bear markets. And then I'm going to transition into, are we in a bull market? And answer that question and kind of go down that that path. Um, first of all like I said we like to have a lot of symbols in our in our industry um so a bull market generally describes uh, an increasing stock market um, a, a stock market that is increasing in value over a period of time and it's generally when everybody is very very happy with everything in their financial world because their assets are increasing a bear market describes a st- stock market or a market that is declining in value over a period of time. Okay. Generally it is, it's, it's indicated that if the equity market declines by 20% or greater from its high, then it's considered a bear market. Um, From 10 to 20% is considered a correction or a pullback. Okay. So those are very loose definitions. Um, everybody has a little bit of a different variation of it, but those are generally pretty well accepted. Now, why do we, why do, why does the bull, why isn't it like another symbol? Why is it that descriptor? Why
0: isn't it a lion or a tiger? Why isn't it a lion?
1: (laughs) You know? Um, so I had an economics, uh, professor when I was in school many, many years ago, and he was a farmer and, he described he's, he's, uh, one day he was, uh, crossing this, this, he was going to round up a bull. Okay. His old, his old bull who was very cantankerous. And so he, he kind of cornered this bull and this bull was not happy about being cornered. And the bull actually picked him and his horse up with ease. Okay. That's terrifying. Him up terrifying right and so that's why it's considered a bull market is bulls when they attack lift they throw you up okay um i mean i'm sure we've seen a lot of youtube videos about people not being very smart in um in yellowstone and the bison flinging them into the air pretty easily and so that's what a bull does they lift things up and that's what a bull market is is they lift the prices of those investments up a bear if you've ever seen a bear fight they stand on they stand on two feet and they claw down okay mm-hmm. so they claw down at their at whatever they're tussling with and so that is a bear market they're attacking down okay so that is a bear is down and a bull is up
0: i just had uh, all the seeing, um, the bullfighting in, in Spain, right? Like that's what came to mind too, or, um, rodeos, right. When like throwing the, throwing the clowns, uh, that was very, when you, exactly when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that image before. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the image. That's the reason. Um, it's, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of a weird, I I mean, you get used to it, but it's kind of a weird descriptor, but that that's the that's the history of it. Um, I like it. Now, are we in a bull market? That depends. <laughs> depends on how you slice and dice the equity market. Right now, I will tell you the top six mega cap technology stocks are in a bull market. Okay, they're they've had they've had an amazing run so far in 2023. Doesn't mean they can't have a pullback because we have pullbacks all the time during bull markets, but are we are they gonna reach their lows they set in 2022? Probably not, probably not. So those I would consider in a bull market. Um, what about the rest of the market? So the, mm-hmm. those are the top six and seven stocks in the S&P 500. Right. What about the other 494 stocks, which are very big companies, very, very successful in many times, in many ways. And, and in um, you know, depending on their, their business Um, what about them? Well, I would not consider them into be into a bull market. They have not yet come up to a a sense, to a situation, to a price level that I would consider it to be, Hey, they're out of the woods that they can't fall back to their to close to their prior lows. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I think we have things set up that we could be starting one. And so it's really important to to consider that right now, like last time we spoke, we talked about the narrow market breadth when only a few stocks are driving these these equity market returns higher. Is that a healthy thing? No, it's not a healthy thing. That has to narrow eventually. And it can narrow from these mega cap stocks retain just staying at the same level while these other companies catch up and Mm -hmm. that may be what happens in this scenario because as the fed federal reserve pauses and possibly again moral suasion may not increase interest rates again what does that do for for the smaller businesses well that's that defines what their cost of funding is and that's really critical for planning, budgeting, investing. And so once they know what their cost of funds is, they can then plan and budget and spend more money. What does that do? That drives earnings higher. As earnings get driven higher, so do stock prices. So again, that breadth of the stock prices would be broadening out and they would be playing catch up to those large six or seven stock, tech mega cap stock. Um, stocks that have have really l- led this year.
0: So, what does that look like? Because when we talk about the S and uh, P five hundred, we're talking about the five hundred largest American companies by um, market capitalization, right? So, when we you're you just mentioned smaller smaller companies as well. So, what do we expect overall for the markets? Like, if you've been in those top six or seven uh, big mega cap. Tech stocks, you're experiencing all kinds of gains, right? But what about again? We just talked about the rest of the S and P 500. But then, what if we, what if we look at mid caps? What if we look at small caps? What do we expect in those realms?
1: Yep. So uh, mid cap and small cap stocks are very, very, very sensitive to to funding of loans. Okay, so to getting bank loans, to um, having the cost of those loans be reasonable. Relative to their their business, um, that's one of the reasons that that small caps have really struggled over the last over the last year or so is because their cost of funding on their loans went up a lot. That is, if they could get loans, right? We ha- we've had the Federal Reserve um, Bank lending officer survey has come out, and and two thirds of banks are increasing their credit standards. So there are going to be some smaller companies that cannot get loans, Um, they can't refinance, they can't. So that is going to put a real hamper on their business. Now, that said, when we do see the economy slowing, inflation slowing down, the Federal Reserve pausing, that sets up, again, a really good situation where bank lending can start to loosen their standards. And that will be the key that small caps will start to really really generate some some large returns. Uh, large, small caps are generally very volatile compared to large caps, particularly mega caps. But one of the th- things they really do is when they start to gain, they can gain really fast and they can gain a lot. So generally, small caps have been the bedrock of innovation in the U.S. economy over many, many years. And so I would say that's probably still in place. Um, and so we're excited to see that leadership being taken on um, sometime in 2024, probably, um, as the cost of funds and the yields start to come in and realize that inflation is declining at a pretty rapid clip right now.
0: So the other the other place I wanted to ask about, because we touched on this a little bit last time too, is internationals. And mm-hmm. so what does the Fed pause on interest rates? What does that mean for international stocks doesn't mean anything is there any correlation
1: yeah um it, no it means something because they pause and now if you're a european investor who is seeking to get the highest interest rates you're you're like okay um we're at five to five and a quarter percent in the united states if this is where the terminal rate is i'm happy for now but today this morning the ECB, the European Central Bank, raised interest rates by a quarter of a percent and indicated they will continue to do so until inflation is in their target range. So now if you're a European investor, what happens? Now it's more of a fight. It was easy when European interest rates were so low relative to the United States, but now they're going to start to to have that battle as to how much money do I invest in Europe with, with interest rates because I know those are going to be going up versus United States which may or may not have any more in, in, interest rate increases this year again Jerome Powell said two more possibly this year my guess is he's saying that just to retain optionality or the option to increase interest rates if 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 inflation reaccelerates um but my guess is my my opinion is is that they're going to pause because i it's my belief or my my conclusion on my based on my analysis that inflation is is coming off pretty quickly um and 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 there there's really no need to increase interest rates any longer
0: so what do you see as kind of projections for the rest of the year given that we have Again, we've got the the pause. Whether it stays that way completely, or you know, at least we're we're not in this in this um place of we don't know how many more times there's going to be an increase, which is what we've been in for the last year and a half. Like we talked about, what do you see as the like I said, may, not no crystal balls, nothing like that, but what might we, what might we see for the rest of the year?
1: Uh, we're going to have a lot of volatility here in the summer. Um, primarily based around office commercial real estate. Um, again early in the in the spring we had a lot of turmoil in the regional banking with a couple of regional banks fairly large regional banks uh, get taken over by the FDIC and then sold off either their assets or being sold off to larger larger competitors. Um, well that office CRE is still in is still having to be, refinanced. And there's roughly from the, the estimates I've seen uh, around $300 billion needs to be refinanced because those loans are coming due. So if you're an office, if you own an office building and let's say maybe it's not in the greatest shape, it's, it's okay, but it's a little older. um, You're going to have to bring more cash in to refinance that property. With your current bank, or instead of doing that, do you sell off that property, take your cash out, and move on to another property that may be a little bit better in, in a better location, or what have you, or 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 uh, less vacancy? So that issue is going to cause a lot of volatility as people because that's going to constrain again more more illiquidity, you know, less liquidity going into that system less loans being done, that's gonna be a, a problem for certain, for certain companies. Now I do think when I say that, the banking system overall is very healthy. They are light years away from they were in 2006, seven and eight. So I think most regionals will be okay. Um, that's not to say there won't be some, some, some pretty big turmoil here over the summer as that office CRE comes due. Um, so that, that's going to be a little bit more volatile. However, I think that we're on a path towards, um, uh, inflation coming down to the target range, which means interest rate policy is going to be less hawkish or more dovish in the future, maybe, you know, later this year, early 2024. And that's starting to set up a pretty good, uh, pretty good situation for equities to, To continue to rally and to have that rally broaden out to the smaller companies um, overall. So I'm I'm very excited to see that.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that is a good place to pause for today. And we're going to come back to um, especially that commercial real estate piece. I think that's going to be important over the next few months. So we'll check back in with that. And as always, if you have any questions, if anything comes up, literally, like we talked about what is a bull market and why is it called a bull market today? Uh, if any questions come up that you want to have answered on the podcast, let us know and we will answer them um, here and have it recorded for you. And um, yeah, you can reach us at, you can reach me at hannah at expansiveceo.com or on LinkedIn or Facebook, and you can reach Brad. Um also, where can people reach you, Brad, if they have questions?
1: You can reach me at B Haynes. So it's B-H-A-I-N-E-S at juncturewealth.com. Um, or you can uh, look on our website and give us a call. Um we, either way, I would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Let's let's get those questions in. Love that. Thank you for being here, Brad, as always. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.